Hey, I'm Ben. And I'm Evan. And welcome to Coffee Break. Welcome back to Coffee Break with our good friend, Josh Braden. Hello. Hi. <laughs> well, it's good to actually have Josh <laughs> back on a podcast ever since the ones we did this summer, which I'm sure not many people have actually listened to, but we'll leave them. those. We'll leave yeah, those, we'll in, leave the those in, in the past yeah. and, and just focus on these right now. Um, I don't really want to like focus like just on this the whole time, but uh, as of when we're recording this, Ben and I have just finished up our final show of high school, our final proper uh, performance that we'll be doing in high school. And so in this episode, we just kind of want to not really talk specifics about it, but really just be kind of general about theater and like just reflect on it as we've just gotten done with um, the last one we'll do for a little bit. Yeah. And you just finished what your second show, right? Yeah. Second yep. show. Second show. Anti- Anti- you almost made me say Antigone. Antigone. Uh, Antigone. And the one that we had done in fall was Pride and Prejudice. And uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown is coming up. And Ooh. I'm going to be doing lights for that. Hey. going to be doing nice. all kinds of things. But uh, we're st- they're sticking to like the six-person cast that is. Original. Oh, just wow. the only. Yeah. Just the six. Sweet. So That would be different if we were. It would. I would actually have been very interested to do well not not that we could really do it that way in our setting but i would have been interested to see something like that yeah that would have been especially if i don't know okay now that's just i don't know how i feel about that well that's good to hear though that you're doing lights and everything because like over the last couple years i've really tried myself to like get more involved in crew stuff like doing set builds and um doing um like i don't know like fly rail stuff and like whatever running crew does and like all those type of things so like getting the whole aspect of it's really really cool for me. Well, yeah, it's um, theater is much more about much about more than 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 the actors uh, entirely because because it's all about the storytelling process and if you've got uh, the if you've got the lighting wacky that you know like skews the story in a certain way or you know it's it's about um, how am I going to accomplish my objective and how am I going to convey what this means to me, to the audience? And also I think people focus too much on the, the interaction between the audience and the um, actor. But I think a lot of times actors get caught up in the idea of performing because that's what it is. You, you call it a performance you know, we're going to a, a performance of this show tonight, blah, 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 a show even. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, and a lot of times it's easy as an actor to get caught up in that idea of performing rather than uh, viewing it as work for yourself to um, convey an idea, to convey a, a person's story, a character's, a character's story. That character is only going to live for you. I mean, like, through you that night. Um, so it's... it's uh, important for the actor to also think think of it as work mm-hmm. you know and i think i think getting involved in all the other things helps you helps you realize that because everyone's doing their own work right it's it's a whole it's a team thing which is something that i know all three of us have heard countless <sighs> times in theater yeah <clears throat> um but like of course you can't have one without the other you can't have actors without a crew you can't have crew without actors <clears throat> of course um, i think it's important for the actors to be the crew absolutely yes we know that uh, we all three know this yeah from sound of music 
Although, you know, we were legit the running crew, mm-hmm. and but we were also like on stage cast. for a little bit. We were in the cast, but we, yes. we spent much more time moving set pieces than we did anything else on that show. Yeah, right. I mean, me and you stayed during Charlie Brown while we were one of the like the six characters for mm-hmm. our our uh, rendition of Charlie Brown. Uh, we would be the ones who would stay for, uh, you know, set builds, and we would paint yeah. everything, and and uh, su- sad enough, it is not surprising to me at this point. We were like, legit, like the only people, like the only kids when we would go. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like I'll be honest, I didn't ever do that when I was like a freshman and sophomore. Oh, gosh, I only no. ever did that like as I've gotten older. And I would hope that like some of like after we're gone, if some of the underclassmen would hopefully like kind of step into that and and not pick up the slack really, but kind of see that role and kind of see how much both sides of it really go into making a For production. Sure. Um, because I I think that what means so much more to me than say like a lead role or getting the last bow or getting like the most time on stage is like really like how how you set an example for the people coming up like uh behind you the people that are younger than definitely. you definitely and i i've i've really tried to do that in the last couple of shows and i think ben and i like with some of the underclassmen that we've known through directing things in our in our one act play and our um and just the interactions we've had in our past show i think we we've done at least a, a pretty good amount of that and i would hope so at least yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean it it, it i think um yeah, it is. It is important, especially in a <clears throat> in a theater environment like CHA, where you have you have the people coming in and um, the freshmen, and it, it's 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 important to get that idea while you still have that kind of environment. Even even at, in college, for me, uh, it's still the same thing. You've got people coming in that are new. You've got, and it's because when you get out in the real world, acting, <laughs> people aren't going to be. People aren't there to help help you. They're, I mean, you you know, you're it's, there. Yeah, it's, they're it's there real for competition. Like yeah. you're you're there to make your own living. Um, and I'm not saying that there's that there's not any chemistry between a troupe or there's not any uh, like, you know, kind heartedness towards each other as actors. But but it definitely is much less like it's figure yourself out for yourself. So yeah, it is important to kind of have that sort of. Uh, and I think I I honestly think um, the most important thing an actor can can do is like have a at least it doesn't have to be in the professional world, but at least in like a college setting or something like that. Like at some point, be involved in some sort of troop. And I mean, CHA kind of has that, but you really have to like be with. Um, you have to know the people that you're with when you're learning acting. Now, when you're doing it as a job. Um, Maybe not so much, but but you're always learning as acting, even if you're doing it as a job. But when you are learning acting, fundamentally, like I'm doing right now, it's it's incredibly important to have people who like who you know and trust, because mm-hmm. acting is one of the most in, is one of the most entirely vulnerable things that a person can do, um, because you're you're freely giving of yourself and and your emotions and your body and uh you know and becoming another person you know most of the time there was something i heard one time i can't remember who said this but it w- it was like a quote that has kind of stayed with me as i've 
continue to like perform more and like and just learn more things as I go. And that is like people always talk about, oh, I'm playing this character. Or I'm going to like I'm trying to become this person. But um, what what I like what I read once is like if you think of it more as you're not playing a character, but this character is playing you. That's sure. like that's something I, I've really tried. That's really resonated with me, and that I've I've really thought about at, like sure. as I've gone more into it. Um, because I know you talked about like interactions with the audience and everything, but there's always going to be a part of you in every character you play. Oh, for sure. And there's always going to be stuff of your own personality and of your own just the way you are and the way you Definitely. act um, in everything you do. And so, like if if you're not even really thinking about it from an audience perspective, um, it can actually help you because you react much more genuinely, I feel, when you're surprised by something and when you don't expect something. Of course. So if you have an audience reacting to something in a way you're not anticipating, I think that can help you much more like with your energy, with the way like you present yourself and with the way you would even say a certain line mm-hmm. with just their energy because I know it goes back and forth, but it, it helps almost to not really be expecting that beforehand or not be anticipating it in a way. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm still kind of, I mean, I, I just started doing theater again and I don't think I've ever been very serious in the theater. You know, I've done, uh, you know, middle school shows, blah, blah, blah. And no one wants to hear about that, but like, I've done shows before. And I don't think I've ever taken a role serious to the point where I have to think about doing certain acting decisions and acting techniques until this year. I mean, Crucible was rough. I I mean I legit signed up for the day before auditions just because I could have like just because I can <laughs> and I didn't think I think it's going into that show I didn't think about who my character was thinking about I didn't care who my character was I was just like oh I'm gonna be on stage I'll be a performer blah 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 and like it got to the point where uh, our director Susan got mad at me because I was like it just showed that I didn't really care which kind of screwed me over and like some other. Uh, aspects which is when it comes to like the respect that I was given when I'm on stage and whatnot but I it was my fault because I didn't really care but the more I grew and the more I saw who uh what kind of actor because I feel like you also when you're when you get certain roles you discover more of who you are absolutely when and more learning techniques you get and what helps you and what doesn't help you what helps you get into character and all that stuff and it's just easy things it's just it's weird because you don't think about it like with me, it's weird to go from Charlie Brown to Javert. Yeah. It's weird to go from Linus to Javert. That's very weird for me. The thing, I know you mentioned The Crucible before. Um, that was the show that kind of really started for me learning how to act seriously and learning how to to really dive into a character and really understand the journey that a character goes on because every character in, in any good work has a starting point and an ending point and it's the actor's job to to display that journey to the audience and to and to themselves really um but for me it was it was kind of the opposite well i i really wouldn't i wasn't thinking about it from charlie brown to les mis but um because all of all of our characters in charlie brown were just kids and kind of frivolous and not really deep at all the opposite of me and flagel right but it's easy to get caught in a trap there because if you think that's because if you think like, and I know you're not saying this, but if you go into a show um, like Charlie Brown and say, "Well, Charlie Brown, you know, this show is is it's based off of a comic book that was kind of a TV series for a little bit, and you know, everyone loves Charlie Brown and he's funny and he's got 
it's easy to completely disregard Charlie Brown's wants and needs and his um the fact that he's just as much as a of a character as as uh John Hale Hale yeah um, um it's actually interesting you bring that was actually the next point I was getting to yeah, with yeah. Les Mis because um I like for anybody that didn't see it, I was uh, Tenardier in Les Mis who sings Master of the House, who is that, who is really the comic relief mm, of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think I've, I've ever really said this publicly before, but when that cast list first came out, I did not want that role at all. And the reason I didn't want that role was because in my head, the way I thought of it was, oh, everybody knows Les Mis is this really sad, heartbreaking story with all these characters that go through these terrible things. And I like I wanted to be able to tell a heartbreaking story and to be a serious character. But the more I got into it, the like that, and exactly what you were talking about avoiding, Josh, a minute ago, was exactly what I was doing, was writing it off as, oh, this character is just comic relief. There's nothing you can do with this. Everybody else is going to be telling these amazing stories where I'm going to be stuck with nothing. But as I got into it more, the more I sort of realized this role is probably the greatest challenge I've ever been given because it's so easy for an audience member and for anybody seeing the show to write this character off as, oh, he sings that funny song or, oh, he made us laugh in that one scene. And to be able to take a character that everybody expects to have one thing and everybody can so easily just put aside and to add depth and to add layers to that character. Yeah, I mean, and you and you look at his character, <clears throat> and you know, the 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 guy, the people who wrote Les Mis, did not include that character for just comic relief or just for you know. If you look at the like, and you know, we don't have to talk about Les Mis, but if you look at the entire um, story arc of that. His story is just as sad as everyone else's. That's oh, yeah. true. Even even more so than a lot. I mean, look what he did to Ebenine and and Cosette and like, you know, you guys, you and uh the the Madame. It's just Madame Tenardier. Oh man. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Monsieur uh, Tenardier and Madame Tenardier. Great old good old misogyny. But um she I mean, yeah. Their desperation and their um, lack of any sort of integrity, and you know, it's it's just as sad as the rest of. I don't know, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, yeah. It, as an audience it, member. It was that was one of the things that was really huge to me that our director relied very very heavily on the actual book, the original book that yeah. Mm, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, show yeah, is yeah. based off right. of for a lot of the notes she gave us on the characters. And the biggest thing she told me from my character is the way the book describes the two of them is there was no good in them. Yeah. There's nothing good about these people. There's nothing redeeming about them whatsoever. And to where you can, you can either look at it as, Oh, all I get to do is, is be funny in this one song or, Oh no, I can now portray this, this horrible person who leaves his own child to die in a war and then sings about sings the line clear away the barricades and we're still there Mm. which just which is all it's just all about money Mm -hmm. that's all it is for them yeah yeah i i get that and i'll make this quick because we don't need to say on name is also i have a question to ask you josh uh but what's what's going off that with javert i really didn't know what i was getting into like i'll go back to what flagel said before 
cast list came out, you know, we were doing two shows and I was focused on those shows and I really didn't care about Les Mis at the time. I was like, I don't know what Les Mis is. I had no idea what it was until about two weeks before auditions. And I watched the movie, which dear God, never watched the movie. Just tip. <laughs> but the book is fantastic though, so read read that. But I definitely was no didn't know what I was getting into before like a month before. As soon as I watched it, I realized the story and I immediately thought, Okay, Javert is an evil guy. Which which is my mistake. Big time. And little did I didn't realize that until I did callbacks. So when I got we got callback music, they got stalled, we got stars for our callback music for Javert. And I didn't know what stars was. I don't I, like I didn't know what it was at all. So I did research on the song. I looked up what it meant and how does it relate to Javert. And it's weird because it's like Javert comes out as, you know, his first impression is evil. You know, he's taking Jean Valjean and he's basically just destroying him in front of like verbally destroying him in front of all of these prisoners. And, you know, he's just making a, me- uh, like making a fool of him. And yeah, basically he has a whole different story behind it. And that's what I had to look for in my character. I couldn't make it mean all the time. You had to have some sweet moments. You had to have some understanding moments. You know, uh, I had several people come up to me and say like, after the show, they said, I thought you were going to, you know, get justification. I thought you were going to get, I thought you were going to, like, no. Like, well, I'll give a spoiler alert. Zerver, Zerver at the end ultimately decides to commit suicide because there's no way, like, Jean Valjean ultimately gives him freedom, which is what he's been trying to ruin his freedom for over 20 plus years. So what's the point? Yeah, so you have to look yeah. at what drives Javert to to commit suicide to, like, what is so, like, critically messed up in his life because that is that is the worst thing that you could do yes like end your own life so you look at what causes him to make these choices um what is driving him behind that because i mean and you made the correct choice in making like the one of my directors uh calls it like the hot water choice because you can make the choice of oh let me uh, be Javert in the scene and just, you know, spit on Jean Valjean and call him two four six zero one and get out of my face like I. Or you can be Javert who is trying to maintain the law, and when someone like Jean Valjean comes along and ruins it, of course he wants to get rid of that. But he's still, I mean, of course he's got like a personality and he's got moral. But you know, look at it from his perspective. You, you, of course, Jean Valjean is wrong. And he's ruining it for everyone else. If people can look around and say, hey, this guy broke his parole. So, and he's mayor now. So, like, what, you know, he's, that would piss me off too. Oh, yeah. And it sucks because something that the school edition that we did doesn't highlight is the confrontation between Jean Valjean and Javert. Mm. And those lyrics in that song are intense. They're so powerful because it talks about Javert's background, um, about how he was. You know, I'll just the very last lyrics like the very last lyrics say, um, uh it's like I was born in the gutters too. I was born with men like you. Basically, I am like you. You don't understand. I'm just like, how did you turn out to be a thief? Why'd you turn to the life of crime when you could just be like me and follow the law? Yeah. Like you have no excuse to yeah. be doing that. And I 
And without having the confrontation in there, I had to find ways to interpret that into my singing, into my acting choices, which was a little difficult, but yeah, I got there. All right, let's switch from Les Mis. Yeah, I have a question. I have yeah. a question for you. <clears throat> so going off to that, and I remember, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about this correctly. John Proctor, okay, John Proctor, was that was, was what would you say is your favorite role first? I'm just going to ask that. Hardest role for you. Um, I think the role that I've learned most from, uh, probably is, is Heyman, honestly, um, from Antigone, which yeah. I just, uh, I, and I think part of it is because I feel like I'm finally grasping at, um, like actually good acting now. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I can, um, instead of, instead of going on stage and pretending to be the character, I can go on stage and 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 embody the character. Yeah. Um cuz I feel like a lot of times people go on and and say like I'm going to pretend to be John Proctor and hopefully I do it well and then people are like you pretended well. But you know, it's a lot deeper than that and I feel like with Heyman I finally got somewhere to the point where I was actually wanting those things so badly that the reason I would get nervous to go on stage was not because like I I finally felt a twinge of nervousness uh, before each performance of Antigone, um, which I usually never have stage fright or anything like that. Um, and I was like, why am I getting nervous? And like my stomach's gonna get upset and stuff like that. And it, it wasn't because the people were there and because people were watching me and I was afraid of failure. It wasn't that at all. It was because I felt like I was I was scared to go out on stage and waste my opportunity to get what I want. And I, I felt like I was going to, and I felt like I wasn't going to accomplish my objective. That's why I was nervous and scared. Um, and spoiler alert, I never, I mean, the way this show was written, I don't accomplish my objective. I'm trying to convince my father not to kill the person who, who I'm going to marry. Um, and, and he just gets mad at me and basically throws me on the ground and says, you're weak. You're a woman's mouthpiece. Um, and then, you know, I, I leave really angry and upset obviously but so i i i had to disregard the fact that i knew that and i had to um completely just like go on stage every night saying i'm gonna convince him mm -hmm. i'm gonna win tonight um One and, of the, oh i'm sorry no no no. i mean you what's up um i wanted <laughs> you just reminded me of of one what of the things I, I wanted to talk about um Something I heard actually from a director at uh, Case Western, which I went there. I actually auditioned for a theater scholarship there in November. And one of the things they, uh, one of their directors gave us a little like workshop while we were there. And one of the things that he told us that's really stuck with me is that anytime you uh, in a, in a performance or in a show or anything like that, as a character, anytime you're giving a monologue and acting, the reason you keep talking is because either the audience or the person you're talking to has not given you what you want. Yeah, of course. That's of course. And like, it just, that's something that I, I has always stuck with me and just reminded me of that when you said that, because anytime you're speaking in character, whoever you're speaking to, there has to be a reason for that. Well, and then they and, have not given you the reason what you want and the reason you're talking to them. Of course. And, and a lot of times the hard thing comes with being, uh, kind of chained down by the script, uh, which I think I think screw lines. Uh, lines do not matter. I, I I have I have 
been so um, convinced of that because when you get a script, I think I think lines are like the last thing that you should focus on uh, because it 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 constricts you um, because then you can't make your choices like based off yeah. But but <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll cut it out. We'll fix it. It's okay. No no. But uh, yeah. It's just like as as the character, you need to use everything in your power um, to get what you want. And a lot of times, lines you read through a script, and you're like, oh "My God, how am I gonna how am I gonna convince this person of this, or how am I gonna like get them to do this when this is what I'm given." That's where blocking comes in. That's and, where tone comes right. in. Right, and so where... many people are like, oh, God, this this play is just written terribly. Yeah, if you that. say that, then you're a bad actor. Yeah. Because... Make something out of it. Because, the the yeah, the playwright, and obviously there's bad playwrights, but if it's a good play, then you are a bad actor because the playwright has written it with, like, has put in these characters... Put, put in? Awesome. <laughs> I love to speak sometimes. Has put these characters into this scene um, for some reason. There's got to be some conflict. There's got to be some sort of um, drive for both of them or else it wouldn't be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not fun. I hate that word fun and good. Fun and good are the worst words. Um, wh- how was it? It was good. Good. It was fun. I, I hate was that. Awesome. I hate it, that. It was yeah. so much oh. fun. My, it it my, was so great. It was good. Uh, my prof for my acting class this semester uh forbids us to use the word good because he'll always ask us after a scene how was that it was good <laughs> really yeah, was good, it good, was yeah. it <laughs> a lot of times it's not but um yeah i don't know it's acting is tough man the more i learn about it the more i know learn that i don't know i don't know anything there, there is always more like it there's so much more than meets the eye um, so we'll take a less serious because I mean this it, it is good talk, but sometimes it is yeah, good. you gotta get acting past isn't because the thing is acting isn't just all oh, don't talk to me today. Yeah, I'm yeah. My character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those things. I um, mean the the fun in acting is from is from the work that you do out of it. So it is fun. And as much as I hate that word, it is it there is some sort it is of fun and good. There is some sort of gratification. <laughs> oh my that is, that is fun and good, yeah. Um so what were you gonna say? So let's say we're just gonna take not not I'm not gonna say not less uh, less serious. We'll just be like more, you know, you know, just yeah, yeah, talkable yeah. things. All right, I know I asked you what your favorite character was. Let's uh, let's ask what was the most. We'll do fun. What was your fun? And, <laughs> okay, going off was, the theme. Going off what, the theme. What was your most fun and good character you've ever played? In the most show? fun and good character, um, that I have ever played. I mean, obviously, bottom was a huge delight. Um. Sorry, out of context. What show is this from? Midsummer Night's Dream. Now, see, I don't know. Uh, like Nick Bottom, yeah, he's a wonderful fellow. Bottom is a huge delight. Yeah, yeah. Bottom is a delight. Oh, I think most men would agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. No, it was. Uh, I, I don't know. It, yeah, that was super fun. Is he's basically no? Pu- I mean, actually, pun intended. He makes an ass of himself and everything he does. Uh, so that was. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but oh, you can. Yeah. Fine. But it was it was uh that was fun, I guess. And good. Oh, Both of them. Well that's good and fun. I mean, yeah. All right, Flago, what was yours? Um 
my most fun and good. Dear God. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, man. Um, fun and good, I would give it to Schroeder. <laughs> if the fun and good award for me goes to Schroeder from Charlie Brown. Metal. Um, because Schroeder was one where I got to draw so much of my own self out for that character and just like basically as a younger kid which is really it's just what um what all those characters are at a much younger age than us um but that one he uh is just he's very passionate about like music and about piano and he just gets to like think everybody else is a blockhead that doesn't like appreciate things in the way he does and so it, it that was just a way to kind of take a little bit of that out of me and and have that in just a fun and good younger kid well that's really good and that's really a lot fun, of fun also. with it yeah okay just need to stop okay right, ben, i'll, I'll give mine uh i'm gonna have to say probably joseph the reason why i say that <sighs> you played joseph is no i was not joseph but in joseph <laughs> Uh, probably just because of, you know, the community that we had and just cause it was a fun time for all of us. Uh, it was, it was a pretty good show too. It was pretty fun as well. <laughs> Joseph and the good Technicolored dream code. The good fun dream code. And I'll, I'll tell you why it was fun because I had like all my best friends around me. It was, it was legit. We talked about this the other day. It was legit. The men in different clothing on stage yeah. singing. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird because <laughs> different. Well, the thing is, it was surreal because it's. It, I mean, I can still remember to this day us hugging you after, uh, um, uh, when we found out that you were Joseph. I, I I that was just like I remember like we were having so much fun and then like that was just like a moment of like all oh, like love and fun and good. But the thing is, I had zero stress going into that show. I wouldn't say I had zero stress, but I had less stress than I have at, 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 uh, during any show personally, and because it was just I was just having fun. That's with what I t- that was sweet. Oh, <laughs> that's what I, I I literally cannot talk. Um, that's what I was saying about the. Uh, it's so important to know the people in a learning environment to know the people around you because it makes it so much more. <laughs> so it just really makes it like a lot of a a good (laughs) a lot of a good time a lot of a fun good time (laughs) trying so hard to avoid those words all right well publicly denouncing them how about we just okay we'll go to the next question let's say um favorite mm, no no don't do any favorites i don't like favorites let's do hardest hardest Role you were given. Did that we literally struggle? Oh, I gave you that. I, I gave you, you that. Just talked about that. We'll do. Um, no, don't do like any extreme. Just ask like story about this or like uh, like any any I don't know. any on stage oofs. On stage. Oh yeah. Like I'm talking like Padrick. Um, people no. are not gonna know what that means. But. Yeah, that doesn't. Oh well. Okay, you know what that means. Do you? No, I've it no means mega mix. Colin jumped over Jason. That Hope means said, that Back means Kane in the future was of Pedrick's family. <laughs> it means you said a line of name wrong in a song. <laughs> so, like, get to the point, man. Um, yeah. So there was, <laughs> I can think of <clears throat> some, but uh, during Antigone recently, I had um, basically the way that Greek tragedies work is uh, 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. The dog is snoring <laughs> <Yeah>. very loud. <clears throat> the way that Greek tragedies work is it's basically, um, it doesn't have like a lot of characters on the stage at the same time. It's sort of like, uh, one character talks to one, another character talks to another, and so on and so on. Um, so in Antigone, you see that in Oedipus. You see it in Antigone too. Uh, so Antigone, Creon is kind of the main character. And me and the guy who played Creon, a uh, friend of mine, Cole, <coughs> Cole Dennis, he was, it was during a performance and we were both, we both have these huge monologues that we say to each other. And then we have some dialogue. So it's like monologue, monologue, then dialogue. And uh, Cole just completely dropped his monologue one night. And it was the most awkward thing because you cannot, you, when you have dialogue, at least someone can save you. Or if there's someone on stage, you know, you can have sort of like this way to at least save someone. But he completely (laughs) drops it and he's just like looking at me and I don't know what to do. And he's like, son. <laughs> and that's all he said. And I was like, oh no. Was this in a performance? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was like during a rehearsal son. or a performance. It was just son, so awful. Son, you're I did good the same thing fun. though. I did the same thing. I, I and I said father. I that's all you can say. Father. Yeah. Papa. Um But that was an oof. I know uh you guys probably have some some big Plenty. oofs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um Oh, this was in, I'll tell, okay, this was probably, I think, back-to-back nights. This was one that was in Tech Week and then one that was on opening night of The Crucible. And uh, there's a scene where I, as Reverend Hale, am in the Proctor's household, and uh, there's this whole thing going down of people being arrested and warrants and everything, and Hale at the very end has this heart-wrenching monologue about how there's something terrible that's infecting the city of Salem and everybody needs to rally together and to, to fight this and everybody has to work for it. And so it was the first time I had ever gotten that monologue 100%, like remembered everything, did exactly the way I wanted to. And so I was like, okay, good. I got my monologue perfect, just how I wanted to. And instead of going out the door the of the proctor's house which we had built which was set up it's the way i entered i walked straight off stage in a completely horizontal path through their wall and into nothing into the trees baby and into the trees right through the wall that's still and a then, meme to this day which is i i still am <laughs> it was i still hear about it to this day uh, yeah i do you have a story because i have another one yeah i actually I, can i if i can say one I, that happened the very next day which i think was opening night of that show as I was leaving for the first scene, we have we had these big trees that would fly in and for yeah, the outdoor yeah, yeah. scenes. As I'm leaving, taking set pieces off, all of a sudden you would hear a very, very loud thud from the stage right side, which was my entire left side leg and my arm walking straight into that tree. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's oof. I, I, I thought you were gonna mention uh Mr. Cider. Oh that no! Well, that's so that's funny. your story. That's your story. Well, yeah, I I there was a night where I was talking to Flagel on stage. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. And uh, <laughs> I was supposed to ask I was supposed to ask Flagel if he wanted a drink um, when he came to visit me because because Mister Hill was going all around town asking about the witches and stuff. Um, and so <clears throat> I was flustered, and I was. Also not happy that he was visiting my house. Mm-hmm. Um, in character, of course. Proctor is just not having it. 
And uh, so I sit down and I look up at him and I just say, would you like some hail, Mr. Cider? <laughs> and instead of cider, Mr. Hale. And thank this, God this was in a rehearsal. That yeah. was so funny, though. But it was. It, it yeah. It was pretty. That, funny. that is also all I can think about in that day. show is just Gabe laughing, Gabe Schmidt laughing for God. nonstop for fifteen minutes. First of all, Crucible. Uh, there's, nothing there's either. Nothing very funny in Crucible. There's not a funny and moment this in that show. Dying. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. F- we were just like <laughs> Gabe. Like it got to the point where it wasn't funny. We're just like. Man, a fart on Thomas Putnam is not a funny line. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, all right, I'll share mine. Um, <clears throat> I've complained about this before because it's not my fault, but I'm still going to talk about it, and I still love this man very dearly. But Charlie Brown, you probably know where I'm going. Yeah. Um. So we didn't have a tra- uh, we had a track for Charlie Brown, and CHA usually doesn't have a track for shows. I I don't. Well, yeah, we usually have a live orchestra, and for some reason we couldn't have a live orchestra for Charlie Brown, so we had a track, and the track was a little disgusting, if you ask me, a little ploopy and a little dink, dink, dink. Ploopy? <laughs> ploopy. It was, it was derpy in that the is, sense of, of Josh, how you described it, the poopy, poopy, yeah, 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 like yeah. that kind yeah. of derpy. <clears throat> yeah, so it was already hard enough, and timing was, like, we worked with so many people on timing and tempo. And I wasn't worried about me doing it. Uh, but so I played Linus and Linus has his blanket and me a song. <clears throat> and uh, this is already a, sorry, it's, it is, this is already a super hard role for me because I'm not a kid. I'm like the farthest thing from a kid when it comes to like my voice and acting. I've always played kind of angry people. Men. Men, not, you know, a little child. Linus is probably the youngest too. He just doesn't <laughs> look like me. Uh, so, and I had a dance and dear God, if you know who I am, I don't dance. I, I attempted, but I don't. And, uh, she had a whole Probably piece. Good. Sorry. It was good and fun. If know. you know me, I don't dance. I don't. I just, I'm really bad at it. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> um, and Susan had this whole thing picked out for me, a whole choreo and I had to learn all this and there was stress on me doing that. <clears throat> and I finally got it down Saturday night during, <clears throat> excuse me, Charlie Brown. I'm sorry, I got some in my throat. Ben is dying. It's the s'mores. After show weekend, give me a break. Uh, so we had, Doug was running the, the sound, the music. You know, it's one of those space bar things. And if you double click it, it will overplay tracks. So it'll play oh, two at the same yeah, time. Overlap oh, them, no. So, so f- like this random. Wall of sounds. Yeah. So there was an intro. My intro music was just played for a second and then. Another song that immediately comes in, and it's exactly it's my dance break, and I'm like, okay. In my head, I'm like, what do you do? I sat there, music cut out. I sang the whole fifth, first whole half of my song a cappella. That's it, amazing. It, it was, I was literally like soiling myself on stage. I'm sorry <laughs> for that description, but well, I put on a good show <clears throat> of being a kid. Yep. Yeah, I, it was. It that's gross. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do. Isn't uh, that what all all kids do? That's why he has a blanket. Oh, okay. to, to, wipe to wipe himself. Wipe himself. Okay. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So, anyways, like I was up there like singing, and I'm like sweating so much. And that same show, I run and I get my blanket on the floor. And Carter will probably remember this. My mic popped out Oof. of the pack. So I'm there. 
first of all, almost crying because my song, and I'm like fondling my butt. And there's to, poop all over your poop butt. All so over at this my point, blanket. And blanket. <laughs> and I'm like, he's about to my dance mic. with it with all these little kids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, dude, I was so scared. And I got off stage. I didn't talk to anyone for like 10 minutes. I was in a pit of rage. But then after the show, I was. After the show, I asked that people realize that if there was supposed to be music, they said, wait, there was music to that song? Like, there's supposed to be music to that song? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, I didn't seem like there's supposed to be music. So it really wasn't an oof. It was an oof for me in the moment. Yeah, but you fixed it. Yeah, but still, dude. Oh. Well, here's a good question. I just thought of this. Do you have a memory of the a good cover you made of somebody? Like anytime like somebody might have <clears> dropped <throat> a line and you could have like covered it or saved somebody. Uh yeah, I don't do that. I just let them suffer. Ah. Uh I mean No, I'm just kidding. I, I I can't think of anything particular in which I did some stuff in Mulan, but that's like eighth grade. I just sang a solo for another guy because he just didn't sing, which is good. I I definitely have uh I have a I have a good story about um an attempted cover, which okay. actually I have two stories. I have both are from when when I did a production of Filler on the Roof. You guys were also in that, but just Ben, um, was not oh, ben wasn't just, just uh, me. Yeah. But um, one of them was when I I was playing model and I put on my wedding gown, which is like a traditional Jewish wedding garb. Um, Carb. Garb. That is a word. It's uh I so I was um I was putting it on and I realized halfway through and at this moment there's the lights are all blacked out and there's a spotlight just on me because it's a transition scene. So I'm putting on my my garb and uh but I'm putting it on inside out and at this point I'm soiling my garb <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> but but I I, I realized because the buttons were the wrong way, so I'm like, oh shoot, like what am I gonna do? So I just continue buttoning it, and then the whole wedding scene goes by, and we get to the part of the dance where, and I realized that there was a tag sticking out mm. out the back. Good and fun. Oh, definitely some fun times that are really good to remember. And um, <laughs> I was. I'm going to stop with that. Yeah, meme that's now. a yeah, it's a yeah, that meme's garbage. It's not good anymore. Please tell me you get that. Definitely not Garb, fun for me. Garbage. <sighs> Please continue. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, I was trying to keep my back to the I mean my back from the audience the whole time. And then I sit down in the chair where we're doing like we're in the middle of all this dancing and the people are the guys are going around in a circle around me and they're about to lift me up in the chair cuz that's what they do at Jewish weddings, I guess. Um never been to one, but <laughs> You're in one. You yeah. just never went to one. Uh, and so Christopher Carnes goes to uh, cut my ch- p- start start picking up my chair, and I'm like, rip the tag off out of my shirt, and without even missing a beat, he just like, psh, like ripped it. <laughs> yeah. And That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And then we just started like, Wah. the whole thing just comes off. <laughs> <laughs> the whole shirt comes oh, off, shit. soiled and everything. And the audience is like, oh god. So he's just, he's like holding the tag. Just, <laughs> he's like, it's I got dripping. it off. <laughs> oh yeah. Muscle <laughs> top. So, uh, and then another one is I'll make this one shorter, even though this is the better one. But uh, one night, I was supposed to give some. I was supposed to give Flagle actually, Flagle's character, a package that was supposed to be a shirt that he had ordered. <laughs> I remember. Um, ah. And so I had the package at the bottom of my feet, the 
the, near my feet. That's not the right way to say it. I had I the package near my feet. Um, and then my wonderful, lovely wife um, comes on and kicks the package straight off of the platform that we were on back behind it. And I saw it happen. I was like, oh, God, what are we going to do? So She shall remain unnamed, even though there's no way she would listen to this. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but anyways, she'll remain unnamed. So Name's good. <laughs> fun good. So, <laughs> fun but good. Fun good. So, okay, all right. uh, the package falls off. I see it happen. And instead of being a good actor and literally going and picking it up, I'm like, I do the rigor mortis thing where I just like stay still. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, ew, that was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I see it happen. And then uh, all these people come in to congratulate me on getting my new sewing machine, a gift from God. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, thank you, thank you. And I whisper in Jonathan Cicada's ear, um, and I go, please get the package behind there that <coughs> fell off stage. And he's like, okay, got it. Because we we had like people covering us our my speech because mm-hmm. they were all like, congrats, congrats, model stuff, model stuff. So I'm like, okay, thank God, it's it'll it'll be fine. So Jonathan's like, I trust. I have another scene with uh, with Tevya. And I trust that the package is now at my feet. Um, and so Flagel's character comes in and is like, oh, my shirt arrived, did it not? And I'm like, I look down at my feet. There's nothing there. I'm like, oh, no. And so I'm like, okay, it's got to be. So I like, I literally like pull up the unnamed actress's like skirt to look underneath that. Like not in a creepy way. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I, I just like I just like brushed. she was hiding it under there. I, no, no, no! I mean on the ground. Like I just brushed it aside to look like look on the ground. <laughs> and uh, and it's not there either. And I'm like, where is it? And so I'm like, I in desperation, I just grabbed this piece of cloth that was sitting on the sewing machine. It was literally like seven inches long. And I just handed it to Flagel as a poor excuse for a shirt. And I'm like, here you go. That's and what uh, I get from being a Russian. <laughs> yeah, it's Russian. I, can't, I came in and that Russian accent, oh, yes, hello, Motola. I have come for this shirt. And it just like, looked like I a... really hated the Russian immigrants or something. Yeah. But uh, were they immigrants? Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. Am I, okay, thinking, I, will, am I being now, stupid? I don't know. I, okay, <laughs> whatever. I so, um, no, Jews were the immigrants. I don't they? know. Okay, who cares? Okay, we're not going to spend any more time on sorry, this. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so wow, that was a big distraction moment. So um, I hand him this like piece of cloth, which is a flimsy excuse for a shirt. And I, I'm like, what happened? And uh, like a month later, when we we're watching back the DVD, <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. And so I seek. I see the unnamed a- actress. <laughs> <laughs> Fun and good. She, she will not listen to this. There's no way. I see, I see her kick off the the package, and I'm like, "What?" I told Jonathan to get it, and I see Jonathan walk out of the shop after the scene that we had, pick bend down, pick it up, and then carry it out, just trotting along like this. <laughs> I, I, like off the off the stage, <laughs> it was like it, it looked like he was doing like one of those little like sailor walk. It was looked like that. yeah, it was literally a sailor walk. <laughs> yeah, 
just off with a package under his arm, all happy, <laughs> like smiling ear to ear. I so did funny. such a great thing for Josh right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's I was like, like he, we picked up the box, a whole new character. It was the came funniest thing, was like wa- looking back and seeing his little grin walking off stage. Yeah, it was terrible, but it was an attempted cover, uh, and it ended in Russian discrimination. So, well, I, I accepted it as I normally would have, and as a Russian, I, I made do with it. I feel like a glove. Mm. Right. <coughs> I did say that. You did? Yeah, that was one of my lines. Oh. Feel like a glove. Okay, before we get too off track, I think we've gone pretty well over yeah. our usual time, so we'll call it right there. Thanks for doing this, Josh. Yeah. No problem. Always a lot good of fun. to have you back. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. See ya. Signing off.